Well, Japan's inflation is down, but not quite as much as expected. So does that mean the Bank of Japan will lift rates? A quiet day on equities, on currencies, on everything, really. Even the video is flat today. I wonder how much Warren Buffett's note has to do with that. And all eyes across the Tasman today, the RBNZ. One bank reckons that they will lift rates, although I suspect they might have changed their thinking a little bit. But we'll see. Maybe they're right. There's still a chance. It's Thursday, the 28th of February, 2024. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, further falls in U.S. equities for much of the session, all in the red until the last hour when the S&P turned green, rising 0.2%. The Nasdaq also back in the green. It's up 0.4%, so a steep climb towards the end of the session. But the Dow staying in the red. It's quarter percent down at close. Uh, the outperformer is again in small caps. The Russell 2000 is up 1.4%. In Europe, the Dow uh, finished up three quarters of 1%. The FTSE 100 finishing just in the red. A big rise in the CSI 100 yesterday. Uh, up 1.25%, 0.9% rise in the Hang Seng as well. Bond yields are higher again. Three basis points for 10-year treasuries this morning, up three for 10-year yields in Germany and the UK and France as well. Aussie 10 years were up three basis points yesterday to 4.13%, one basis point higher than that on futures overnight. And no big currency moves, though. The US dollar down ever so slightly. The Aussie marginally up to 65.4 US cents. The euro also marginally up. The pound marginally down. The yen almost 0.2% up. The Canadian dollar also up 0.2%. And oil higher. Brent now over 83 a barrel, rising 1.1% this morning. WTI is up over 1.4%, heading towards 79 a barrel. And it's Taylor Nugent on the call today from NAB in Melbourne. Um, look, maybe shares are topping out. Look, you know, we've had another day of very little movement. Even NVIDIA is flat today. But hey, you know, it's <laughs> almost 65% year to date. I mean, it's got a price earnings ratio of 66 compared to... Uh, the S&P 500, which is just over 23. So there's a lot of optimism there, isn't there still? And yet, you know, Warren Buffett saying in his uh, annual shareholder letter that stock markets are behaving more like casinos and investors are chasing the latest hot stocks instead of buying into stocks that uh, are powerful players in their respective markets. This is like Coca-Cola, because we know he likes to drink Coca-Cola, so he always buys Coca-Cola shares. And Amex, he says, you know, it'd be hard to imagine a world without them. So, uh, you know, maybe there's a a bit more portfolio balancing uh, going on, uh, which is seeing people driven out of equities. But who, I mean, how, you know, who understands equity markets? Uh, look, the big number, though, uh, Taylor, is the inflation number in Japan. The headline year on year was 2.2% down from 2.6% for the year to December. But the core rate, which was down, was still higher than expected, which I see is now being talked about as a sign that the Bank of Japan... Maybe they will lift rates in March and put an end to, uh, to to negative rates. What's your take? Yeah, good good morning, Bill. The the Japanese CPI numbers certainly the the headline of, of the last twenty four hours in what was a you know reasonably quiet calendar. Upside surprises are across the the three key measures. There headline at two point two percent down from from two point six percent and above the one point nine percent expected. Um, it's worth noting there there are you know some big base effects um, flowing through those numbers. So you know although 
although it was a bit higher than expected, that um, dip down towards the Bodger's 2% target is is unlikely to be sustained. You can see that in the, the core core measure that excludes fresh food and energy. That was at 3.5% versus 3.3% expected. Um, and there's a big decline in energy prices in um, you know a year ago that will that will fall out of the calculation. And so that will see headline rates moving moving back higher. Um, so all of that is to say that you know the BOJ won't be looking at this and thinking that you know inflation back at target, maybe a little bit above what what expectations were in in the month, but you know risks continuing to decline. We think there will be a, a, a rebound in in February. We get Tokyo numbers on on Tuesday for February that should be an early signal of that, and, and we expect to be to be moving higher. Um, certainly, you know the the small upside surprise there does have you know markets you know focus that the BOJ could be moving away from from, from negative interest rates we saw the two year yield nudge higher to its its highest since since 2011 in a pretty quiet day for for currency moves we do have the yen higher but all of um all of 0.2% so so not a huge reaction there um but i still think that there's nothing in this data to kind of change the BOJ's kind of, you know, patient approach. They're looking to build confidence on wages. They're talking about, you know, green shoots of that virtuous cycle that the the nominal um, pulse in, in Japan is getting more consistent with that target inflation. And there could be scope to, to exit negative interest rates. But, you know, our view is still mid-year is a, a more likely bet. How about the things anyway, really? I mean, if you look at the, the Nikkei, for example, it's hit new highs lately. It's not quite up to 40,000, but it's not far off it. It's up 43% in the last year. So business businesses are doing well and obviously a big part of that has been the fact that the you know the yen has been so low that certainly helped them so uh, they wouldn't like to see the yen go higher they don't want rates to go out because it's going to it's going to push the yen up uh, well, you know, if they're as their confidence builds that inflation is not, you know, risking falling below their target in their forecast horizon, then I think, you know, there's no reason that they would that they wouldn't be comfortable with um with a, a higher yen. Um, you know, the, the lower yen it, it improves export competitiveness, it it kind of boosts inflation via those import prices. But in a situation in which they are seeing those domestic inflation pressures on a, a more sustainable footing, then then you know that would be part of of policy normalization. So the CSI three hundred day incredibly well yesterday actually up six percent in the last month but uh, you know that really just takes us back to where we were in late november when they, it was on the way down but uh, obviously they're you know short selling uh, curbs and uh, curbs on uh, quantitative uh, trading as well working sort of for the moment but everyone's still hanging on to see some you know real fiscal measures you imagine if they did that we would get quite a response look uh, let's look at europe it's a catalog of european weakness we seem to be this seems quite common now loans to companies down from half percent year on year to 0.2 percent loans to households down from 0.4 percent to 0.3 percent consequently the, the money supply growth is not as high as expected germany's consumer confidence is still down at minus 29 unemployment benefit claims in france have shot up from uh, a fall of one and one point four thousand in December to uh, up two and a half thousand in January. And you know, there's a number of these. I think we get the general picture, though. It's all looking pretty sick in Europe still. Uh, yeah. Look, not a. None of that particularly headline um, data out of, out of Europe, but certainly as you as you put it, the themes mm. are still but still for um yeah. you know still for a, a fairly sluggish economy over there. I think you know you mentioned there German con- 
German consumer confidence still still very weak. Probably should add it was a marginal improvement from um from from last month. But you know, at, at minus twenty nine, there's you know not too much to to well, celebrate. There more in, importantly, in Germany. We, get, we get the euro euro area confidence. That's going to be the number which we get today, uh, which was minus fifteen point five. Has been worse, of course. It was minus nineteen this time last year. Uh, so and we get uh, economic sentiment and industrial sentiment. So slightly more meaningful figures we'll get from Europe today. But you know, we assume they're all going to be pretty bad anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So potentially some hope that you know there is some some improvement um, coming through in those confidence numbers eurozone wide. Um, but you know, as as you say, there's still, especially in in Germany, feeding into that that manufacturing outlook. We saw the the German government quite sharply down downgrade their um, economic forecasts over over this year earlier this week. And so I think those those themes are likely still evident. But yeah, looking forward, um, CPI later in the week, the the big thing on the the European calendar, and then those confidence numbers. Uh, coming up today. So it's not all rosy in the United States either, is it? So durable goods orders have fallen sharply with the numbers we got overnight, down 6.1% in January uh, from a uh, revised 0.3% drop in December. Uh, and the conference board's consumer confidence, that's uh, that's fallen as well, uh, below expectations. The Richmond Fed Services Index from four last time to minus 16. So there's sort of no happy, happy news coming from the US even. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Weak data out of, out of the US, you know, again, you know, nothing kind of top tier, but certainly, you know, very, very much ignored by by markets, but you know the the confidence board consumer confidence number fell quite sharply. Actually, it fell uh, for the first time in four months down to one hundred and six point seven. That was well below the one hundred and fifteen expected. Um, contributing to that was a down revision to to January, but it was still a pretty chunky fall in the month. I think in the in the detail, you know, the present situation index is what drove most of the decline. The the forward looking measure did hold hold up a, a little bit better, um, although it was down almost almost two points. So maybe that kind of tempers the read through to the consumer spending outlook a, a little bit and suggests that you know some of this may not feed directly through into a, a sharp slowing in the in the consumer in the first quarter. Also interesting as well that the the jobs plentiful versus hard to get index, which is kind of you know a, a useful indicator of how consumers are, are seeing the labor market, that weakened a bit uh in in February as well. Um, I think there it's probably more, you know, it's unwinding January's improvement. And I think it's just, you know, getting more in line with some of the other broader indicators of the labor market that suggest kind of ongoing if, if gradual cooling rather than than strengthening. So, you know, I think it's more a case of it was looking a little bit like an outlier in, in January than the the deterioration in, in February is is too much new news. Um, so, you know, maybe in in light of that, probably fair enough that markets haven't haven't teed off that that too much. And then, yeah, aircraft orders were a, a big driver of that fall in in durable goods orders, which did undershoot expectations. But you know, I think more broadly, um, you know, business investment in in the US unlikely to be a big contributor to growth in in Q one, and that data was consistent with that. Right now, a lot resting on today, of course, with the uh, the RBNZ. There is another bank that said they're going to lift rates today. I wonder whether they've changed their tune though, since we had the uh, those weak retail sales figures. Certainly, the market expectation seems to have come down uh, since last week's retail numbers, don't they? Uh, but you know, they are. I mean, you can see the argument for it because they are still 
fighting inflation. It's taken them a long time. It's still up at 4.7%. You know, it's a lot higher than many other countries. So you can sort of see their point. Yeah. So markets, you know, pricing about a, a 20% chance of a, a hike now, as you say, that's kind of come in a, a little bit recently. And those weak retail data last week certainly helped that case as well. But yeah, as as you say, in, in you know, stark contrast to the way the RBA has managed this cycle. You have to say that the RBNZ is, does not look particularly patient um, with the the slow progress that they're seeing on on inflation so far. And so, you know, certainly our our BNZ colleagues don't don't think a rate hike is is required, and they they don't expect one today. But they you know they wouldn't completely rule one out given that that impatience that that the RBNZ has. Um, but yeah, so no change, you know, very much the the view. But given that that lack of patience, there is is some risk there. I think it's worth noting that there's a press conference from Governor Orr at at three p.m. Um, after the um, after the announcement as well. So there'll be you know scope for some some commentary. And I think you know they don't raise rates as as we expect. Um, then you know they'll still be very aggressively trying to push back against against rate cuts and do, doing their best to sound hawkish, even if they they don't deliver on a cut on a hike. So I listen to the language they use. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Australian inflation today as well. This is just the monthly indicator. So how useful are these monthly numbers really now? We've had a few of them, and and how cautious should we be about them? What what, what should we be taking out of them? Yeah, today? I think I think quite cautious, especially in the the first month of the quarter. So just to to add to the confusion, it's not the full CPI, but there's a different part of the basket measured in in each of the three months of the quarter. The the January number, the first month of the quarter, it's weighted very heavily towards goods. We know that the RBA is focused at the moment on that services side, on those indicators in the basket of domestic inflation pressures, and they're not really going to get too much new information on that in January. So, you know, our view is that there's a lot more potential for for noise than signal out of the out of the data today. Um, in terms of where we expect it to land, we do think that the um, headline number could easily tick up a little bit. We've got it at 3.5% from 3.4. Consensus there is for for 3.6%. Um, and once again, every time we talk about the the monthly CPI, especially at this time of the year, it's travel that's the the big swing factor. Um, but yeah, the RBA, you know, prob- they're not going to take too much signal from this, and they get both the February monthly and the full quarterly CPI ahead of their their May meeting and, and forecast update. So not much use really. Okay, uh, so construction work done for Q4 as well, expected to be a bit slower than the previous quarter. That's going to help keep your house prices up, isn't it? Uh, and the uh, the second estimate of US Q4 GDP, which is slowing, but so is the price index, which I guess is helpful. But, you know, the market will react, obviously, if there's uh, m- much of a revision to that. But it is just a revision. And uh, speakers-wise, uh, from the Fed, Bostick, Collins, Williams, uh, from the Bank of England, Catherine Mann, who uh, actually I think she was the one who argued for a rate rise at the, the last meeting. She's particularly worried about prices increasing because of the, uh, the Red Sea situation. So we'll see what she has to say. But we'll leave it there for now. Out of time. Good to talk, Taylor. Thanks, Phil. We all have busy lives. Got to get on with it. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening in today. 